Matthew chapter 6, we'll begin in verse number 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust and death corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if the eye be evil, the whole body is full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a few verses, but we'll try to cover the context. If you would, go with me to verse number 32. So from verse number 24 to 32, he gives us, an insight of how God takes care of the fowls of the air, how He puts flowers upon the earth, how He clothes the earth, feeds the fowls, takes care of all of His creation. Then He comes to verse number 32 and He says this, For after all these things... So don't take thought for what you'll wear or what you'll eat. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I know that's a lot of reading. And this is what we'd like to think on about the treasure. And you know, I I would like for us to get this thought. What are they worried about? What, What is he challenging them with? They're worried about clothing and food. In the context, they're worried about clothing and food. And he says, the lost world worries about clothing and food. But God has flowered the field. God has fed the fowls. God has done all of this. Are you not greater than many fowls? Greater than many sparrows? So that's their concern. So I I would like to ask this. Is there anybody here today that's been worried about something to wear or something to eat? Anybody? I mean, I, I see some folks shaking their head no. Anybody been worried about something to eat or something to wear?
But this is still true. And this is, this is, this is a hard saying. <laughs> but what are they seeking for? They're seeking for the riches of this world. And you know, when will it be enough riches of this world? So here's the contrast. They're searching and seeking after the riches of this world. But you know, he says, no man can serve two masters. Who was that man? Who was that man that could not serve two masters? That was the slave. That was the slave. But look at us today. We're not slaves. We're not worried about something to eat or clothes to put on. I mean, I, I can see and you can see. And I tell you, we're doing, honest to God, we're doing very, very well. The truth is. But no man can serve two masters. And he comes down to the end of that and he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. Right? So I, I, I just want to think about this. Where is our treasure? An interesting verse. Lay not up treasures for yourself upon the earth. Then he comes down to verse 21, and he says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the treasure, that word treasure means a storehouse where you would store your valuables. So as we look, and as we look today, and you, you just think about the world that we're living in. We're living in a world that's desiring more and more and more all the time to the point that God is not first. To the point that the kingdom of God is not first. The riches of the world, the pleasure, and you know what, I believe we could say there'd be a lot of different, uh, different ideas about what riches are depending on what you enjoy. It may be a house, it might be an automobile, it might be clothing, it might be prestige, it might be notoriety, it might be pride, it might be your children. Uh, there's a multitude of things that could be laid there beside riches. But I wonder today, are we putting the Lord first? Is the kingdom of God first? I know the answer, and you do too. But listen to what the Bible says. He said, for where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So as we look and you think about this, you know, by the Word of God... No man can serve two masters. Somebody has got to be a loser. Somebody has to be the loser in this conflict. There's a conflict here between the world and God. And I'm the, I, I'm the slave. And either I'm going to be a slave unto God and for His kingdom and for His work, or I'm going to be a slave to myself and to the world. But someone, there cannot be two winners in this battle. 
This cannot be so that two people can win in this situation. So where your treasure is, where the storehouse that you put your valuables, there is where a man's heart is. And, and, and you know, as you think about that, I just like for you to think about how, 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 do you, how do you judge that? How do you judge what is valuable? How do you judge where the heart is? Well, I believe the heart, by the Word of God, the heart is the very center of man. It's the center not only of the physical, but of the spiritual, of the emotional, of the mind. The whole man, the whole man is involved. So as we look at the whole man, let's look and could we be able to see by the life that is lived, could we look at the life and see the reflection of the heart? Could we look at the life and see where the storehouse is? Could we look at the life and see where our valuables are stored up? So as you think about that, you know, according to this Word of God, we're not, we're not, in, a, we're not in a hard place for clothing. We're not in a hard place for food. But I tell you, I believe that there is a great battle today, a hard place that God would be put first. That we would seek after the kingdom of God first of all. Because as, as we look today, you look at what people love. You look at what people value. You look at what people spend their time on. You look today and look at, at, at not only at our nation, but look how it's come down to the church world. Are we rich today? Depends on what you're looking at, doesn't it? Are we rich in the things of the world? Are we rich in the things of God? I'd like to just read you a few statistics. So, the United States is the richest country in the world. Still is. Has been for 60 years. The greatest number of billionaires and millionaires live in the United States of America. The greatest GDP of any country in the world. Right now, the Americans... People work about 34 hours a week average, 116 minutes a day on social media, five hours a day on a cell phone. The average home payment today, $1,885 a month. The average rent today, $1,163 a month. The average value of a home today in America, $249,000. The Americans spend an average of $69 a day. The average household in America makes $69,000 a year. And I know there's people in here that make that as an individual person. Are we rich? 89% of Americans have graduated high school. The cost of living in America is twenty-five to thirty-five hundred dollars per month. The average American watches five hours, thirty-three hours of TV per week. Seventeen pounds overweight. 
The American car is $57,000 today. The average car, that's American-made, is $47,000. 92% of Americans have got at least one car. 37% of Americans have two cars. 22% of Americans have three or more cars. Our debt from 18 to 25 is $9,600. 24 to 39, this is the average American, $78,000. 40 to 55 years old, $136,000 in debt. Are we rich? Is America rich? Are we rich? Individually, are we rich? Here's another country. Just to put this out to you, Haiti. This is not the poorest country in the world, but a poorer country. 39th poorest country in the world. 80% of the people in Haiti live on less than $2 a day. The annual average salary in Haiti is $1,725 a year. 50% are rural and live in two-room mud huts with a mud floor, mud walls, a mud roof that has grass or palm leaves on it with no power, no running water, and a toilet that's dug out somewhere else. Children are required to go to school from 6 to 12 years of age, and a very few of them actually go. 40% of the country is illiterate. A vacation in America for two people averaged $3,838. Are we rich? Here's the sad part. America has more Christians in it than any country in the world. But 68% of Americans seldom or never go to a house of worship. Haitians are the ninth most Christian people in the world. 96% of Haitians are Christians. I say all of that to say this. Where is God in our priorities? We're, we're not hurting for anything that's needful. But our lives are spent on the things of this world. And the Spirit and the power of God is lacking in our lives. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these other things will be added unto you. You know, I know this is... This, this, is, <laughs> this is not pleasant. But where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Could we look at the time spent? Could we look at what our, our devotion is to? Could we look at what our mind is on? Could we look, and you might say, preacher, that's a, that's a far stretch. You know, 33 hours a week watching television. 
I'd say there's a many American gets home at 6 o'clock and watches TV till 11. You multiply that times five days, that's just 25. But there's all day Saturday and all day Sunday. 33 hours is not out of reason. It's not. But I wonder today, what about God? Where is God? Where is the Lord? You know, the truth is, the truth is that there's people in this church that 25% or more of the time they're not here. There's other people in this church that they're not here 25% of the time. Is God first? Is God really first? Is the Lord first? My, you know what he said over in the Psalms? He said, I'll give you your desire. But he said, I'll send leanness into your soul. You know what that word means? He said, I'll send a wasting disease upon you. A wasting away. Oh, look at us today, folks. Look at the riches that God has blessed us with. Look at the monetary. Look at the pleasurable things. Look at all that God has blessed us with today. And where is He? Where is the Lord today? Where would His place be today in our 33 hours, in our hours on social media, in our time on the phone, in our work? Where is God's place in all of that? When will it ever be enough? I read this. You know, I believe you could do this. I believe you can look at the life and you could see where people's got their treasures you can see, and I'm afraid the honest to God truth is, the majority of people's treasures is in this world. It's true. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Most of people's pleasure, most of people's treasure, most of people's storehouse is all, all tied up in this world. And when there is, honest to God, when there is opportunity to come to the house of God. You know, a lot of people's not being able to come to the house of God is by their own choice. There is no doubt about it. It's by their own choice. But then there's opportunity and people still don't come to the house of God. They still choose the world. They still choose the pleasure. They still choose the leisure. Still choose the things of this world. Is God really first? Is God really first in, in our affection? Is God really on our mind? Is God really on the top of the list that we people say, I love the Lord? Really? Is there any way to look into the life, the mirror of that life, and see that love for God? Or do we see, friend, that God is scraping the bottom of the barrel in our dedication, in our affection, in our time of leisure, in our time of pleasure, uh, that God is on the very end of the tale? I believe you can look at the life and see where the treasure is. You can see where it's all stored up. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. The light of the body is the eye, and if therefore the eye be single, the whole body is full of light. So if the eye, if the eye is clear, 
If the eye is steady, if the eye is fixed, if the eye is unwavering. But then he goes on to say if the eye is evil. You know, I thought about this. Maybe you could see this. If I can see clearly, you think he's talking about a spiritual eye? I believe he's talking about a spiritual eye. I believe that he's talking... I realize that we could take that naturally. And it, it, it directs our lives. It brings about our education. It brings about the job that we do. The natural, but the spiritual. If the eye is not seeing clearly, you know what I do? I'm going to put my valuables in the wrong place. I'm going to spend my time, my affection, my mind, my heart, my desire, my love. All of that is going to be in the wrong place. Interesting. A cataract. Most of you have heard of that. Some of you have had surgery. What is that? It's a slow-growing cloud that goes over the lens of the eye. Isn't that what the devil does? Isn't that what the riches of this world does? It clouds our vision. It clouds our vision and we're unable to see like we really need to see. There's a, and, and you know, it doesn't come all of a sudden, but little by little, you, you, you think with me now, think about how that God has blessed our United States of America to be the 60th year that we are the richest country in the world in several ways. And yet, 68% of Americans seldom or never visit a house of worship. I tell you, you talk about poor. America is poor. And you know how that has happened? That has happened slowly with a slow growth over the spiritual eye of mankind. And a slow growth over the eyes of my family and your family and the people right here in this church. A friend that God has blessed with wives and husbands and sons and daughters and jobs and and the greatness and the goodness and the mercy of God. And God ends up getting the bottom of the barrel and gets what's left in the slow bucket, that's what God gets today. Listen to this Scripture. And I'm going to get to a Scripture that Greg read Sunday morning. And you know, I was glad when he read it because I've been thinking on this for a, over a week. But I'd like to read a Scripture before we read where Greg read other morning. In Timothy... Chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's 6 and 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. You know, I realize this. In that day, in the day that Paul wrote that, in the day that Jesus is speaking in Matthew, that's about all you could hope for. And the truth is, a lot of your families, a lot of your mothers and daddies, not you younger ones, but you older ones, a lot of your mothers and daddies work their whole year long. 
that you could have food and clothing on your back and on the table. That's all they hoped for. That's all they were able to do. But we're living in a world today, friend, we're living in a world today, what opportunity that there is. What opportunity to have the riches of this world. And I'm not saying not one word against that. Don't you take me wrong. I'm not saying one word against that. But I am saying when that takes precedent over God's work, over God's house, over the spiritual things, over the kingdom of God, over your family, your friends, your people, your neighbor, uh, to be able to see that God is number one in your life no matter what, then the riches and the things of this world are out of place. Is that Bible? I'm telling you, that's the book. Abraham was a rich man. Job was a rich man. But I ask you this, was either one of those men, was God lower down than the riches? But we're living in a world today, folks. We're living in a world today, even in a church world today, that people have lost sight of what we need. I'll tell you this, the reason you've got what you've got is because of God Almighty. That's the truth. What are we using what God has blessed us with? What are we using that for? Is that being misused? Is that misdirecting our family? Is that misdirecting someone that we know, someone we love, someone that's lost, someone that's watching us? First Timothy 6 and 8. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and unto many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Now let's look at verse 9 for just a second. They that will be rich, I tell you, would, be, would we be rich in the things of God? See, there's the contention. There's the difference whether we'll be rich in the things of God or the things of the world. God has blessed us with worldly riches. Greatly, greatly blessed us with worldly riches. But God has taken a back seat over and over and over again. And you know something? If you can't see it, you've got your eyes closed. opportunity to be in the house of God. And where are people? They're out in the world. That's exactly right. I had a man say to me, we had the fewest people here on Saturday Jubilee that we've had in I don't know when. Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? And you know what? Where was our people? Where were the people that could have been here? Where were you when the church was meeting? Where are our families and our people when the church is meeting? Is God really number one? And I ask you this, if God is not number one when the church is meeting, I wonder where He is when the church is not meeting. First Timothy 6, 
9. They that will be rich fall into, tempt, into trials, into tests, and a snare, a tangle, a trap, which many foolish, no understanding, mindless, and hurtful, injurious desires, lust, which drown men, plunge them into a sinking destruction. You know what? I tell you, friend, if God is not on the priority list, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be tried to see whether I'm going to put God first. What am I going to do? You think about it. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after, have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So now you just think about this. What's all the money for? More pleasure. More leisure. A lot of times it's more to gloat in. It's more to be prideful in. It's more to look at me about. But I wonder, I wonder is there anything in there that God has blessed us with that would be for His glory? How would God, how should we think about that? You know something? I tell you, not only the riches of money, but the riches. I think about this. I think the peer pressure. You know what, man? You know, you're going to be put on trial. You're going to be put on trial whether God is going to be first or not. Who's going to put you on trial? People you work with. Your own family. Your own kin. Your own people. You know something? I tell you, when your family comes, is God still first? When your family comes around, is God still first? Is He? No, I tell you what, to keep the riches, the riches of getting along. The riches of no confrontation. The riches of no, 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 no trouble here. We don't want to have it. We don't want to make anybody uncomfortable here. Well, I ask you this. Reckon the Lord was uncomfortable? Do you reckon the Lord, you know what we're saying? We're ashamed. We're ashamed to go and stand for God because of the man we work with, the family that comes by, the neighbor, a friend. Well, I tell you that you and I are put on trial, and friend, the trial is whether God is going to be first or not. You know something? We got, we got folks right here. And you know what your family says? They're saved. They're saved. Oh, they love the church. And you know, some of them even say they love to hear Joseph. Let me ask you this. When they've got an opportunity to come to the house of God, have you ever seen them here? You've never seen them here, have you? No. You think they love Joseph? I'll tell you something, folks. Your family is watching you. 
Your family is looking at you to see whether God is as big and as real and as rich in your life as you say He is. And let me tell you this, there is much of your family that is lost, though they're putting on a good front, and though they say they love God, and though they say they love this man and that man and this church and that church and this preaching, I'll tell you this, friend, if they love God and they love the Gospel, they would come with you and Instead of hindering you and keeping you, and if you love God, you would go and leave them at the house or bring them with you. I tell you what, we are, we're on trial. Whether we love God or not. And I don't say that to be ugly. I say that to make you aware of the condition of my family, your family, that are all around us that make all of these claims. death in my community best I can remember right on 40 years never been to church another family member says this today well he went to church and was a deacon that's, that's 40 plus years ago when that happened God help us, folks. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Our families are in a terrible condition and you and I are on trial to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let the pressure, don't let them bring the Christ that saves you, that birds you into the family of God, that died on the cross for you, that's given you everything that you've got. Don't you let them keep you away from the Lord. So, I want to read this verse that Greg read. Or a couple of verses. Greg read on Sunday morning. And he says this. These things I have written unto you concerning them that seduce you. That word means to cause, to wander. Deepful, deceitful, to cause, to stray. But the anointing which you have received of Him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, of all, uh, any man teach you of all things, and is truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, that's what Greg Fowler read Sunday morning. And he also said this. He said, the Lord led me to James chapter 4 verse 17. Let's go to James chapter 4 verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and do it not, to him it is sin. If I put those two together, am I ashamed when the Lord comes by? 
If I know to do good. I want to put another verse with it. Go with me to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter number 14. This is what I want you to get, folks. I want you to get in my life and in your life and the life of the church is Jesus first. Romans chapter number 14. He says in verse 21, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Has thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now I want you to just reason with me for a moment. Listen to this verse. Happy is he that condemneth not himself, and he that doubteth is damned. Why would I be condemned? I tell you the working of God is going on in my heart. So there comes the condemnation because the Holy Ghost is working in me. Whatsoever is not of faith is of sin. That's James, right? So can I, can I do, can I act, can I deny, can I be ashamed of the Lord and God not deal with me? We're brought into condemnation. I'll tell you when church time comes and when the things of God come and when it's time for the study of God's Word, when it's time for me to pray, when it's time for the television to be turned off, when it's time to get in God's Word, is there any condemnation there? Is there any doubting there? Is there any ashamedness there? When the family comes by, is there condemnation when it comes church time? Is there a doubt there? Do I say to myself, you know, I know I need to go to church. Well, if I know I need to go to church and I don't go to church, that's sin, is it not? I know that if I doubt about it, I know that I cannot stay home in good faith. I know that I can't miss the family of the house of God. I know that I need to study in the Word of God. I know I need to lay this job aside for a little while. I know I need to put these pleasures away for a little while. When God comes by in condemnation and you begin to doubt about it, know this, that's the Holy Ghost working in you. How could he even say those two verses without the Holy Spirit working in that individual? I'll read it again and reason in your mind about it. Has thou faith? Have it to thyself. Happy is the man that condemneth not in himself in that which he alloweth. Are you condemned? Are you condemned in what you're doing or not doing? Then if you are, then it must be that God was working in you, wasn't He? And he that doubteth is damned. Can I have faith that what I'm doing is the right thing? If I can't have faith that what I'm doing is the right thing, then you know what I am? I'm damned. I'm already in doubt and I'm damned. I have went against my own conscience, against the Word of God, against the working of the Holy Spirit. I've went against all of them. And you know what I've become? I am ashamed of the Lord. 
you say, I deserve it. I deserve time off. Take your time off. I'm not saying nothing about that. I'm saying it's God first. I'm saying it's God first. People say, I deserve. I deserve this. I ask you today, what do you deserve? What do you deserve? Let me ask you another question. If you're saved, you're born again, you've been saved from hell, you've been washed and your sins are gone away, you've been brought into the family of God, He's blessed you with the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, and give you all the riches of this world that you've got in your possession and your family. Let me ask you this. What does God deserve? If you deserve a vacation, if you deserve a boat, if you deserve a camper, if you deserve another vehicle, if you deserve a finer house, if you deserve a good wife, what does God deserve? I'm not saying that to be ugly. I'm saying for us to get down to the nitty gritty, what does God deserve? Does God deserve to be put on the back burner? Does God deserve to be ignored? Does God deserve to say, well, Lord, I don't have time. I've got, I've got these other things and I've got these other people and I've got all of these other things that I need to work on and I've got to take care of. Lord, I'll get to you when I can. That's the way it is with God, is it not? You tell me where God is. Is God first? We're, we have this written in a day that they were glad to have food and clothing. Look where we are today. And look where God's place is. It's pitiful, folks. America. America. I read you the statistics about America. 68% of Americans seldom or never visit the house of God. I wonder what percentage of Americans visited the house of God in 1942. Reckon there was a difference. You know what's happened? The riches, the leisure, the pleasure, the easiness of life the gifts and the blessings of God have absolutely hardened us to the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God and we have forgotten where we came from. You forgot you was lost and undone, didn't you? You forgot He saved you from hell, haven't you? You forgot He's the one that gave you that wife and those children. You forgot that He's the one that saved you when you were on the brink of dying and going into hell. He's the one that brought you to your senses. He's the one that came by the, by the Holy Spirit and enlightened you to your true condition. He's the one. I wonder what God deserves today. Does God deserve to be first? <laughs> Preacher, I believe that, but you know, I believe you're just a little. Uh, I believe you're just a little overboard. Am I? Am I overboard? Am I overboard? You know what the church normally asks for? 
five and a half, six hours a week. We've had one Friday night service besides Bible school. I know I've already said this. But one Friday night service except for Bible school out of a whole year and people choose to go to the things of the world instead of the house of God. You say you love God? I tell you, looking in the mirror of your life, I see what you love. You love the world. You love the things of the world. We're hooked and we're addicted to the pleasure of this world. We're addicted to more things instead of more of God. Instead of more of the Spirit and more of the knowledge and more of the grace and more of the understanding. We're addicted to more of the world. We're rich. Can you imagine? And again, I said... You know, I just picked random. One of the poorest countries in the world. Two dollars a day to live on. Seventeen hundred and twenty-five dollars a year. And Americans are spending on an average sixty-nine dollars a day. We're rich but it's not on God. We're rich, but it's not on the things of the Lord. Back to Matthew for just a moment. He said in chapter 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, I would, I would ask this. Can they see... Can they see where God's priority place is in our life? I believe we could look in the lives of individuals and we could see where their valuables are. It's what they love. It's what their mind's set on. It's what their time's spent on. It's what they enjoy. It's what they desire. Is that God? Is that more of the wisdom and knowledge? Is that more of the indwelling Spirit? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You know, what good works do I have? I tell you, I believe the greatest thing that you can do is put the Lord on the front burner. That God would be above every other... Is that not the way it's supposed to be? Isn't it supposed to be that way? That God is above everything else. God's above the husband, above the wife. Here's a real stickler. Above the children, but He's supposed to be. Above the job, above the pleasure, above the leisure. God's supposed to be above all of that, isn't He? Well, you just take that little list right there and you see where God is in that priority list. Where is He? Is He above the family? I tell you, our riches come from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's all that I've got.